The first section of Psalms has been called the Genesis Psalms. They help us to realize that every good thing begins with God. The Psalms provide a roadmap for the journey ahead. In them, we learn to bring every emotion and experience of life into the presence of God. Join Scott Pauley now as we study God's Word together. We live in a world that has become so noisy and so accustomed to noise that I'm afraid we're losing uh, our silence. We're losing the ability to even be still and be quiet. Maybe we're afraid of what we'll think about in the silence. Maybe we're afraid of what God will say to us in the silence. We've come to Psalm 39 where David says, I said, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. I was dumb with silence. I held my peace, even from good, and my sorrow was stirred. He said, there was a moment in my life where I realized that the best thing for me to do was just put my hand over my mouth. Uh, there was a moment where I thought, you know, the best thing for me is not to say anything. I remember my pastor saying years ago that discouraged people usually overstate their problems. That's very true, isn't it? We get so consumed with something and we just want to speak and we want to be heard. We want to say something. We even like to, to excuse it this way. Well, I'm going to vent a little bit. I'm going to vent. Be careful when you're venting because you may likely say something that you'll later regret or you may likely say something that, frankly, is going to hurt somebody else. Be cautious. Know that there's a time not to speak. The wisest man who ever lived outside the Lord Jesus was Solomon. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse number 7, he said, There is a time to keep silence and a time to speak. Uh, there's a time for both, but notice the order. He said, first, there's a time to keep silence. Then there's a time to speak. I think we would do better speaking if first we had time to be silent. That maybe what we said would be more helpful and more productive and more fruitful if first we took time to think and pray and meditate and make sure that what's coming out of our hearts is life-giving and not death-giving. That's really the great principle of Psalm 39. That's what David does. I find this almost amusing. The inscription of the psalm is to the chief musician, even to Jeduthun, a psalm of David. And we don't know when David wrote it, but Jeduthun was a man that throughout the psalms is connected to public worship. So think about this. Here's a psalm for public worship, and the content of this public hymn is this, Let's be quiet. Uh, the content of what is being said in the congregation is sometimes you need to just be still before the Lord, just you and God, to consider some things and reevaluate some things. I want to suggest to you today that there are two basic things we must do when it's time to be silent. Uh, two things that David does in this psalm. We read the first two verses, but let's pick up in verse 3. He said, My heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Then spake I with my tongue. Do you see the divine order here? First he mused, then he spoke. First he used his brain, then he used his tongue. First he had this quiet time, and then he spoke about what he was learning in the quiet time. I think there's a great instruction there for all of us. This word muse is a word we don't use very much anymore, and maybe here's the reason. If you add the little word or the little letter A to the front of it, what do you get? Amuse. 
I fear that sometimes we have grown so accustomed to amusement that we have lost our ability to muse. You see, we must learn what it means to be still and quiet before the Lord. That's why Psalm 141 verse 3, David wrote, Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. In other words, dear God, guard what comes out of my mouth and help me to take the time to think it through and to meditate on what it is I'm about to say. What should we muse on? Well, he answers that question in the following verses. Verse 4, Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is that I may know how frail I am. Maybe that's why we like the noise. We don't want to think about the end. He said, let me think about the fact I'm going to die someday. Life's not going to last forever, that I am a weak, frail person. That's something all of us should muse on. That's not morbid. That's reality, friends. It'll put things in perspective and it will make God big when you realize how truly small and insignificant we are. Then he says in verse 5, Behold, thou hast made my days as an handbreadth, and mine age is as nothing before thee. Verily, every man in his best state is altogether vanity. And he uses a, a thinking word here, selah. Pause and think on this. Your days, like a handbreadth, look at your hand. From your thumb to your little finger. That's how long your life is. Somebody said, that's not long enough. That's what God says life is. Age is as nothing to God. He's the eternal God. Time is insignificant. And then he says, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Think about this. Verse 6, surely every man walketh in a vain show. In other words, we put on a good show, don't we? Surely they're disquieted in vain. He heapeth up riches and knoweth not who shall gather them. So think about your wealth, your stuff, your material things, how insignificant they are. They're temporary. Verse 7, and now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. So watch this. Thinking about my death and the frailty of my life and the shortness of my time uh, and the temporary nature of material things, what does it drive me to? It brings me to the only eternal one, to the Lord. It brings me back to Him. My hope's in the Lord. Verse 8, deliver me from all my transgressions. Make me not the reproach of the foolish. I was dumb. I opened not my mouth because thou didst it. Remove thy stroke away from me. I am consumed by the blow of thine hand. When thou with rebukes dost correct man for iniquity, thou makest his beauty to consume away like a moth. Surely every man is vanity. Here's the word again, selah. Here's something else you should think about today. Think about sin and its effects. Uh, you know, there's so much frivolity today, so much laughter. The world is laughing its way to hell. And I'm afraid sometimes believers are laughing about things they ought to be weeping over. There's a frivolity about life. It's time to get sober about some things, friend, about sin and its consequences, about what it's doing to us and what it's leaving to the next generation. He gives this amazing word picture. He said when sin comes and God judges it, God makes that man's beauty to consume like a moth. You ever see a moth catch fire? You ever see a moth consumed? Just boom, it's gone. That's what happens to life when it's marred by sin. Think on these things. Do you remember in the Gospel according to Luke, chapter number 24, the Lord Jesus came alongside those two disciples on the road to Emmaus and He opened the Scriptures to them. And uh, they, they testified later. They said, Did not our heart burn within us while He talked with us by the way and while He opened to us the Scriptures? Now listen to that. Did not our heart burn within us? Listen to David's way of saying it. My heart was hot within me while I was musing the fire burned. I think if we'd think more on eternal realities and meditate on the Word of God, muse on these things that really matter, it would help us be ready to speak. So it brings us to the second thing you can do 
in the silence, in the stillness. Number one is think, and number two is pray. Here's how the psalm ends. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear unto my cry. Hold not thy peace at my tears, for I'm a stranger with thee and a sojourner, as all my fathers were. Oh, spare me, that I may recover strength before I go hence and be no more. So watch this. When he does speak, who does he speak to first? He speaks to the Lord. The greatest thing you can do with your tongue today is talk to God about it. Isn't it interesting that James, the New Testament book that is most known for its classic passage on the tongue, is filled with prayer. It opens with prayer for wisdom. It closes with prayer, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Why is that? Because the greatest conversation you can ever have is with heaven, with the Lord Himself. I want to challenge you today. Find a quiet place. Set aside some quiet time and do two things. Think, and not just your thoughts. Think God's thoughts. Get in Scripture. Meditate on Psalm 39. Muse on the truth, the eternal truth of the Word of God, and then respond to God in prayer. Talk to God. Talk to the only person who can do anything about it. I think you'll find when you come out of that quiet closet, when you come out of that quiet place and time, you'll have much more to say. And when you speak, God will use you to help somebody else. Thank you for studying the Psalms with us. It is our sincere hope that you will spend time in God's Word today, finding divine direction and real encouragement for the road ahead. Visit scottpauley.org to download your free copy of a ready reference of the Psalms, along with other helpful resources for your Christian life. We would love to hear from you, and we look forward to having you with us again on the next Enjoying the Journey.